This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Minnesota discussing the disappearance of a young mother. Then we'll talk about the first murder to be associated with Craigslist. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the North Star State. Globally, 736 million women, that's one in three, have been subjected to physical or sexual abuse by a romantic partner. These are not isolated incidents. This is a common occurrence. Often, the victim is blamed. If it were that bad, why didn't they just leave? People fail to realize that trying to leave can be just as dangerous as staying, with 75% of women being murdered after they leave their abusers. Cultural beliefs about family and generations of pressuring women into staying in abusive relationships is another reason some women stay. Religious influence lead many women to think that divorce is not an option. Before the 1960s, most domestic violence cases didn't even make it to the courtroom. When they did, most sided with the men unless a woman had a permanent injury or scar. Some women hide their injuries so well that family and friends do not even know until their abusers are arrested. Sometimes they do such a good job that no one believes them at all. 26-year-old Maddie Kingsbury, the victim in my case today, suffered domestic abuse for years at the hand of her partner until she paid the ultimate price by losing her life. If you or someone you know is suffering from domestic violence, help is available. Contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or text START to 88788. Madeline Jane Kingsbury, or Maddie, was born June 2, 1996, to Krista and David in Farmington, Minnesota. She's the baby of the family and has an older brother, Stephen, and a big sister, Megan, who was her best friend. She was very popular in high school, cheerleader, all the clubs, extracurricular activities, and was obsessed with Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Can't relate. I'm not big into Lord of the Rings, but I did get into Harry Potter. I've never seen one movie. For someone who believes in all the demons and scary stuff. It's hard to get into. I will say. Magic and wizards and stuff has just never been my thing. Dragons and. Yeah. Well, it normally isn't mine either, but I loved Game of Thrones too. So I don't know. Uh, That was too much sex. For me, even. (laughs) Right? Oh, no. That was a lot of naked bodies and sex. It didn't end with that as much, but every HBO show is like, this is what we have to focus on for right. the first couple seasons. Right. We're just fucking. <laughs> and then and there's dragons. we promise there's a plot. <laughs> yeah. So Maddie attended Winona State University, which was about two hours away. So it's close to the border of Wisconsin. Okay. So it's freezing up there. And I'm jealous because it's Right still- now, Minnesota sounds like a dream. Sounds amazing. So it was there that Maddie met Adam, and the two were kind of hot and heavy. She graduated with her bachelor's in science of public health and healthcare administration. She started her career at the Mayo Clinic, where she was a clinical research coordinator in the Department of Public Health and Infectious Disease and Occupational Medicine Research. Hmm. So she has a pretty damn good job. Yeah. She's very smart. So in 2018, they had a daughter, Ellie, and then they had Noah in 2022. So they're not married. They have these two babies. She's a hardworking career mom. She's very independent. She, She loves being a mom more than anything in the world. She takes her kids on road trip adventures, play dates. She takes them to the library. She's very hands-on, and it took some time for her to work out the work and home life balance, but she did. She made it work. 
So her job was hybrid. So she was like half the time in the office, which was about an hour commute each way, Mm -hmm. which is what I do. And it's a nightmare. (laughs) So the other half, she could work from home. Got it. So when she was at the office, the kiddos went to daycare. She was looking for a full-time job where she could Mm -hmm. stay home and wouldn't have to keep them in daycare. And that would be hard. Yeah. And expensive. A full-time day, like a full-time at-home job Uh with kids being there. Oh, I can't even. I don't even know how. If I work from home, like when Max is sick or if he's out of school, like Monday, I'm going to have to work home because it's Columbus Day. You don't get as much done. No, because they can't function because you're (laughs) in the, uh, it's. It's a lot. Everybody that works from home and has kids, it's a lot. So Maddie starts graduate school in early 2023, so this year. Okay. She's getting her master's in public health administration and policy. I don't know what that is. It sounds super fucking important. It does. So unfortunately, things go south between her and Adam. They still live together because they're co-parenting, but... Adam has lost his custodial rights. Oh, wow. Like, he had no legal right to care for the kids or make decisions, and he had to be supervised with them. That's not good. I don't know how that... And he's in the same house. I was going to say, he's in the same house with them. So, if you... I don't know. I'm speculating, but I'm just thinking, if Max's dad did something to where... He couldn't even be alone with him and lost all his parental rights. You're not fucking living with me, dude. And you would think there'd be a lot of bad blood between them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can figure is like she's really just trying to yeah. figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't find exactly what he did. I don't know if it was drinking and driving. I don't know. Yeah, that's possible. So it could be something as innocent as he had a couple beers at Buffalo Wild Wings with his kids and got stopped. We, I don't know. I couldn't find anything. So Adam worked as a software engineer, but was currently unemployed, and he was also in grad school, like Maddie. She, like I said, was looking for a full-time work-from-home position and for houses in Minneapolis to move with the kids. So she's trying to remedy this situation. She, Her sister lives in Minneapolis, too, so she's she wants to get there. That's closer to her job, Got it. where she's currently working, but... And living with her ex just, it's, I can just imagine it's, it's not, no. it's working because they're making it work. I've known people who have done this, yeah. but it didn't end well. Well, no. So Friday morning, March 31st, Maddie and Adam take the kids who are five and two to daycare, which wasn't unusual. They took them together. They hmm. did this a lot because he can't be alone with them. It's not like he can take them. Yeah. Maddie's planning on work, going to work after this. I couldn't find anything that said if she was working from home that day or planning mm-hmm. on going into the office. But around 8 a.m., they head back to their townhouse, and she texts her sister, LOL, in response to something that her sister had sent her. Got it. And that's the last contact that anyone had with her. Ooh. Adam said he dropped Maddie off and then took Maddie's minivan and ran some errands again. Not sure what the errands were. Hmm. When he got home at one, Maddie was nowhere to be found. She wasn't back by time to pick up the kids. So he went by himself to the daycare and picked them up, which is all of this is super unusual. Yeah. She would never just not show up to get her kids. That'd be like me just not showing up for Max. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Something's and wrong. And did the school let him pick up the kids? Yeah. I mean, that's not good. I mean, I know that she wasn't there, but that they... Right. I mean, unless they have some... I mean, I don't know if they had something from the court saying, don't... In case of emergencies. Right. Yeah. So she'd planned on getting them from school and heading up to her sister's house for the weekend, and she didn't. Also, Mm. she didn't show up for work. No one from work had heard from her. She didn't call in, which was out of character for her. But... Adam doesn't sound any alarms. Like, he Mm -hmm. isn't looking for her. He's not trying to call her. He's not letting anybody know, hey, have you heard from her? Did she come into work? not worried. You also have the only vehicle. So how would she have left, you know, Mm -hmm. and her coat, wallet, and cell phone 
are all still at the house. So, sir. Not good. No. So around six that night, big sister Megan gets a text from their mom basically saying, have you you heard from your sister? Megan hasn't since the Mm -hmm. morning. She texts Maddie and is like, you need to call somebody. Text me back. Mom's looking for you. You know, blah, blah, blah. We're all worried. Nothing. So they call Adam and he just acts like everything is completely normal. He says he picked the kids up, brought them home, got them dinner. He's getting ready. It's 8 o'clock at night and she has been gone since 8 a.m. I mean, unless he wants to obviously look like the one that did it, why isn't he at least... Right. You would think even if someone was guilty, they would try to seem interested in what was going well, on. Even you're definitely going to be a suspect. Well, look at all the people that we see in on TV mm-hmm. and social media and, and on the news that we later find out have had something to do with mm-hmm. it. They're concerned. They're making. Yeah. He's just. He just doesn't. He's not worried at all. So Maddie's friend Katie files a missing persons report. At 8.20 p.m., about 12 hours after she sent her last text to her sister. So even her friends are now like, this. no, something's off. An hour after the police report is filed, Adam texts Katie's husband and says, wow, that's a little out of bounds for Katie. It hasn't even been 24 hours. I just saw her this morning. She didn't pick up your kids, dude, and you're not allowed to, so. And no one's seen her. She's not home. Her purse is there. Her cell phone. He's trying to make everyone else seem weird. Mm-hmm. No. You so, better not wait 24 hours if you don't hear from me. I swear. And you have my no. children? Yeah. Yeah. So no. the text message conversations continue to show Adam's frustration with concerns that Maddie's friends and family are showing. So oh, I'm so sorry they care. He says, I'm not freaking out, but everyone else is. Then that's a sign. This mm. is the mother of your children. You should be concerned. I'm not saying freak out, but you should definitely be worried. Ask around or I don't. Ugh. So police question Adam. He tells them he ran errands and came back to an empty house. He said he was gone roughly three and a half hours. Again, I don't know what errands he was running, but the van was picked up on CCTV footage going towards Mabel, where he's from and where his family still lives. Mm. It then stops at a gas station. Adam then freely admits to the police officers that he had been infatuated with the Gabby Petito case. He just brings that up. I mean, I'm sure in the questioning it came up somehow, but yikes. Yeah, um, no. So from the CCTV footage, we can't tell if Maddie was in the van at the time, Mm. but he stuck to his story. I have no idea where she's at. I don't know what happened to her. He did not participate in any of the search efforts. He didn't volunteer for anything other than when he was questioned by police. He just kind of stayed away. Uh, DHS did remove the kids from his custody because he wasn't supposed to have them. And he kept in contact with them. They went to Maddie's parents. Wow. But other than that, he just was like, well, I mean, she's just gone. So police took Maddie's van and processed it to see if they could find anything to kind of help figure out what happened. Search parties continued, like 2,600 people on horseback, ATVs on foot. Divers are brought in, canine recovery teams, drones, and they search over 120 acres. On April 5th, a press conference is held and the police state they are offering a $50,000 reward for information about her whereabouts or if anybody's seen anything. They said this disappearance is very suspicious and involuntary. So they don't think she just ran away. Right. Winona police filed at least 64 search warrants and trap and trace tracking warrants. They searched the home of Adams and Maddie's. And investigated Adam's electronic devices. They showed a lot of tampering and staging. But Adam studied computers. He was a software oh, engineer. No. I forgot about so that. So he's very savvy with electronics and technology. His phone had been wiped. And certain tracking applications and location services were disabled after March the 30th, the day before she disappeared. Mm-mm. 
And that's not good because if he did something, that's premeditated, dude. Yeah. Yes. Take it from Lacey the lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Order in the court. Order in the court. So by the time Winona police conducted the search warrant at Adam's parents' place on April the 7th, they noted several areas of drywall that were torn and patched like something had been on the wall and had been jerked off. And upon further investigation, they determined that all cameras were ripped down and their SD cards were missing. They found a computer tower, laptop, in a dumpster, as well as a burned computer item in one of the fire pits. Messy. Messy, messy, messy. People are not, even though he's smarted with computers, he's lacking in other departments. On April the 9th, a neighbor of Adam's parents who lived north of their property captured an image on a trail camera showing Adam driving a UTV through the property with a shovel in the bed of it. So it was like one of those ranger-like side-by-sides. Mm-hmm. The timestamp on the image was 4.51 p.m. He was wearing dark, like, stocking hat. <laughs> large. Well, hello. <laughs> not large. A dark, long-sleeved jacket, dark pants, and sunglasses. And at the time this was taken, it was 71 degrees. So he was okay. trying to disguise himself. On April the 10th, police stop Adam while he is driving the same UTV, and they seized it along with the shovel in the back. Investigators brought in two cadaver dogs, which both alerted and indicated in the bed of the ranger that the spade of the shovel. So cadaver dogs are trained to ignore live human scent and animal scents. They only pick up on human remains, and they alerted to the shovel. Oh, wow. So police then search the reporting landowner's 800-acre property. They found an area of fresh dirt that appeared to be dumped there, but no Maddie. So on April the 12th, Adam releases a statement saying, I had nothing to do with her disappearance and I am cooperating with police. He said he was advised by police to stay away from the searches and news conferences for his safety. The police say, we never told him that. One of Adam's family members named Ryan reached out via Facebook Messenger to one of the members of the search party, which is random. Mm -hmm. And Ryan tells them that Maddie told everyone in their family that she was dating a new guy named Spencer and the police had barely questioned him. He went on to say that her mental health was very bad. Oh, stop. And she had been hiding it from her family, that she was bipolar and had stopped taking her meds. She may have wandered off. This this is Okay, weird. they're going to check her do- her medical records? This is, you're just a random oh my God. person in. I hate him. Yeah, in this family that reached out to a random person on the search party, and you're just giving this information Freely. No. He gave him a few places of interest that maybe Maddie was. Show me her pill bottle with her name on it from her doctor, Adam. Yeah. He also told them some items that they found out in these places, allegedly. Mm. But none of this is fact. It's all hearsay. It seems like he's just speculating and like trying to raise doubts in everyone's mind or throw them off. You know, it just, yeah, it just seems very. Who are you? Why are you doing this? So there were text messages between Maddie and her mom talking about Spencer. On March 29th, texts between the two discuss Maddie not feeling well and the possibility of her being pregnant and having to take a pregnancy test. So the next day on March the 30th, the day before her disappearance, Maddie gets a new iPhone. In a text conversation, Adam asks her, what prompted you to stop location sharing? Um, we're exes. She says, basically, I just switched everything to a new phone. I don't have any of my shit. I like, I didn't and do also, it on purpose. Boy, bye. Like, what? I'm getting too upset yes. about this. I'm so like, very invested. Search warrant affidavits Ugh. also show police looking into Adam's finances as a potential motive for her murder. He was unemployed. Ugh. And bank records show that the only deposits into his account were from Maddie. So she was also giving him money. Oh my gosh. Mm. So after 69 days of searching, the body of Maddie was found. 
The remains were located off Highway 43 in North Mabel. The location was off like a public roadway and was not property owned by Adam's family or any of their relatives. The area had been previously searched, but Maddie's body was covered and concealed in such a manner no one could see it. Got it. She was found wrapped in a bed sheet and it was taped up with duct tape. She had a a knotted towel wrapped around her neck and head. An autopsy report determined the manner and cause of death as homicidal violence. Adams taken into custody on probable cause in connection to her disappearance and on suspicion of second-degree murder and just Monday, as in yesterday. The grand jury returned indictment for first-degree murder, past pattern of domestic abuse, first-degree murder, premeditation, second-degree murder, unintentional while committing a felony, and second-degree murder, intentional. So the children are with Maddie's parents. This case is brand new, like it just happened. So we'll have to keep you guys updated when more information becomes available and when the trial takes place. Like he's, trial's not even, like they just indicted him yesterday. So this is all this brand new. in April of this year, mm-hmm. but yeah, trials take a while. Yeah. So <sighs> this guy was infatuated with Gabby Petito. I mean, she could have been pregnant and that was his motive. We don't know. Yeah. He was losing control of the situation. Clearly, she was looking for a place. She was taking his kids. He had no rights to them. He was living all her money. She had started a new relationship with the Spencer guy. We don't know what the relationship was. Yeah, I might mean, not have been that serious yet, but right. still, he was seeing everything slip away. Right. But everything. It's, it's like, well, if you kill her, you're definitely not going to have... I guess he thought, who else are the kids going to go with? Right. Well, That's not, not the even, way it works, sir. I don't even think it was about the kids. I think it was Probably just... Probably not. He, People I, like I can't him. have you, no one can. That's kind of how it is. They don't actually care about the kids Mm-mm. or... No, no. Or the woman or whatever. They care about themselves. I just hate that people can't, you know, they just can't be adults and say, you know what, this relationship, just this ain't what it is. Just it's you not, move on. Right. Let's just, you know, I think we should get out before we hate each other. We have these two kids. We have to co-parent. But someone always seems to have a hard time letting go. Mm-hmm. And they turn into a lunatic. And so a month before she disappeared, Maddie had visited a college friend of hers that was in the hospital at the Mayo Clinic where Maddie was working. And she confided that everything is bad with Adam at the house. He's been beating the hell out of me for years and I've been hiding it. Oh, man. And she asked her friend for advice on how to get out of this abuse. Like, what, what should I do? How do I get out of this? And she told her if anything happens to me, just know that Adam did it. I would Gosh, that's never. That's so scary when people say stuff yes, like that. Yes, I would never leave my kids. Ugh. And and everybody that knows her is like, she would, that'd be like me just disappearing. I would never leave Max. You know that. Anybody that knows me knows that. I would never leave my cat. <laughs> Even I wouldn't leave the ferals. You Who would, would feed these cats? You would not leave this baby that you're about to have. <laughs> yes. So text messages between Maddie and her friends reveal that it, even in December, <sighs> Adam told her she would end up like Gabby Petito <gasps> if she didn't learn to mind. Oh my gosh. It's just scary. I hate this man so it's much. Terrifying that you feel like this person may really do something to me to the point where you're telling your friends and family if something happens to me, look here first. Yeah. Look here first. I was talking to man, Max's dad about this case last <laughs> night and he said if something ever happens to me, you'll be the first person to look at. I'm like, that's everybody. He better not be going around telling. I know. People. I'm like, he's like that when he's mad at you. Yes, he's actually everybody. Everybody's ex uh, is the suspect yeah. number one. Yeah. He's like, but you threatened to burn my house down. <laughs> I'm like, you know, that's an idle threat because. And I'm laughing when I say it because half the shit I've bought Max ends up at your house. And that's too much money. I'm not, I would never do that. I would at least get all Max's stuff out. Oh my gosh. Anyways, very sad, very brand new case. Like I said, it just happened. He just got indicted and I feel 
terrible for her family, but also for her babies. Like, yeah, I'm looking into it because I've been trying to find why he doesn't have custody, and it's I can't find I it. I told you, can't but find anything. He has some dead snake eyes. Mm-hmm. Blech. I mean, it's easy to say when you know what they did, right? Or allegedly did. But well, I wouldn't swipe on that dude. He Blech. looks. He looks like Mm-mm. he might hurt me, not in a good way. Man. Anyways. Well, let's take a break. All right. Now I have a case. (laughs) Shocking. Mine is a little older than yours, but not too old. Well, mine just happened, so anything would be. So in October of 2007, 24-year-old Catherine Ann Olson, no relation. Oh, my ears perked up. She was looking for work as a temporary nanny in Savage, Minnesota. Savage is a suburb of Minneapolis. It's just 15 miles away from downtown. Catherine had just graduated from St. Olaf College, which I didn't know. Okay, just quick thing. Everyone knows of the Golden Girls in St. Olaf. Olaf, St. Olaf. I didn't know that that was a real place. Well, it's in Northfield, Minnesota, but... St. Olaf, yeah. Look at Rose. I had no idea, honestly. The year before. So she was majoring in theater and Hispanic studies. She was known for being energetic and bubbly and had a warm, tight-knit family and supportive church network. Her father was a Lutheran pastor. While she had graduated, she decided to take a class at University of Minnesota to become a translator in the fall semester of 2007. But still, she needed to work, so that's why she set out to find a nanny job. She once worked as a nanny while in Turkey. Whoa. Yeah, so she had experience. And she used Craigslist for finding jobs before, so she decided to try it again. Quickly, she found a job posted by a woman named Amy who was looking for a babysitter in Savage, Minnesota. That sounded perfect. She wouldn't have to travel far. Catherine reached out to the ad, and Amy emailed her back saying that she needed her to watch her child from 10.30 to 5 p.m. Catherine told her roommate Amy seemed a little strange, but she didn't really elaborate into why. So now let me tell you about 19-year-old Michael John Anderson that lived with his parents in Savage, Minnesota. Michael dropped out of Cedar Alternative High School and worked at a few auto part warehouses in the area. He also found a night job shift refueling planes at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. Michael wasn't super social and he wasn't into dating. Too many bad dates, I feel ya. But he did use his AOL account to search the casual encounters section. Girl, the booty call <sighs> section? Yeah. Uh, uh-uh. I remember loving reading The Lost Connections. Was that in the newspaper? No, Craigslist. Oh. Where it was like someone would see someone and then they would write, I saw you at so-and-so. I was too embarrassed to say hi. Or Does Craigslist still exist? I have never been on Craigslist. Have you never? No. Oh, my gosh. That's how I applied for a lot of jobs. Really? hmm I just hear stories like yours. And- Indeed wasn't around yet for um, me. Well, well, maybe it was, but it wasn't heard of. It was Craigslist, baby. Hmm. Nope. For dating. It was everything. Furniture, lost and found, ride sharing. Bed sharing. It was everything. STD sharing. Probably. (laughs) So he found an ad and invited one woman for dinner and conversation, but she never responded. So later that same week, he posted an ad for a job on Craigslist. He posted an ad looking for a babysitter. No. He said his name was Amy. Stop it. When Catherine Olson reached out, he told her he needed her to babysit on October 25th, 2007, from 10.30 to 5 p.m. 10.30 a.m. to 5 p.m.? Mm-hmm. It's like a full day. Yeah. So when Catherine arrived, Michael called her inside and lured her upstairs. I don't know what was going through her mind at the time when she heard a man's voice, 
but maybe she thought it was Amy's partner or husband, you know, just mm-hmm. saying, come on in, come upstairs, whatever. So she went upstairs, and that's when Michael shot her in the back of the head. Wait. Yeah. This escalated it very did. quickly. So she gets to the house. Walks up the stairs. Walks up the stairs. Bam. He immediately shoots her with his father's three fifty seven handgun. What the fuck point was this? I know. The bullet hit the right side of her back and traveled to her left abdomen. It tore through her spinal column, pancreas, intestines, and stomach, but did not initially kill her. Oh, oh. my God. Yeah. Didn't he, They had no idea who each other were either. They have never met before. He didn't know her. He had just met her from that ad. Literal strangers. She'd been in the house five seconds. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Then he dragged her downstairs and tied her ankles with twine and cleaned the blood from the steps. Then he wrapped her in a sleeping bag and put her in the trunk of her car and drove her car to Burnsville Nature Preserve, which was just a few blocks away from his house. And he abandoned it. So she bled to death. What was the point in any of this? I know. He totally senseless. I mean, not, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that he didn't do anything more. I don't mean it like that, but it's like, you just wanted to shoot somebody? Yeah. He didn't sexually assault her. Robert. He didn't. Nothing. She didn't betray him. They weren't lovers. He didn't know this woman. Then he smashed her cell phone and threw it in a nearby trash can along with her purse and bloody towels. One of the towels, by the way, had Michael's name written on it. It was like scrawled in permanent marker, which is weird, but it had his name on it. Then after he did that, he just went to work as usual. And when he came back from work, he asked his mom to wash his jacket, which was bloody. He told her, though, he spilled jet fuel on it. You would smell that. (sighs) I would think so. The very next day, a savage resident found Catherine's purse in a trash can near Pacer Park and turned it into the police. This had all of her stuff in it, so they called her house to return the purse, but her roommate answered and said she thought Catherine was missing. So the police go back to the park and check the area, and that's when they find the bag full of bloody towels and her cell phone. And the one with Michael Anderson's name scrawled in permanent marker. So they looked at her cell phone records and it showed she had called Michael's phone number on Thursday morning, the morning before mm-hmm. she went to babysit. Mm-hmm. And the Craigslist ad she was responding to was traced back to Michael's email account. Then police had enough to search the Anderson home. I'm assuming they were allowed inside by the parents because he was at work when they got there. So Michael wiped down the stairs. He forgot about the risers in between. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the police found the blood spatter on all the risers. They found spatter in other locations. They searched his room and found a gun and shell casing and blood on the walls and the mattress. Mm -mm. So it's like he thought he would kill her, clean the stairs, but nothing else and then just leave for work. Yeah. And he had already gone to work once, came home, and went to work again. Because he came home the first time and asked his mom to clean his jacket and then went back to work again. How long are you going to keep your room bloody? Are you worried your family's just going to walk into your bedroom? Apparently not. Yeah. So they talked to a neighbor, and they told them they saw a car sitting in front of Michael's house for more than two hours on Thursday. And that car matched the description of Catherine's. Michael Anderson was arrested at the airport where he was working, and his bail was set at $1 million. At first, Michael told the investigators he had no contact with Catherine, he had nothing to do with the murder, but Michael had emailed his correct address and phone number to Catherine, and Catherine had called Amy's, a.k.a. Michael's number. He also tried to say he hadn't used Craigslist since January, then even tried to throw his mom and three of his friends under the bus by saying they had access to his account. After they showed him the evidence, he changed his story a little bit. He said he was present during her murder, but he wasn't the one that did it. One of his friends did it because he thought it would be funny. What? That's your story? Mm-mm. 
Michael went to trial and the prosecution charged that Anderson created and posted a fake advertisement on Craigslist in order to lure a woman to his home just so he could experience what it felt like to kill. Michael's defense was autism. Actually, at the time they said he had Asperger's syndrome, but now that's an outdated term. Anyway, they said his disorder played a key role in the shooting, which just pisses me off. (laughs) First of all, people with autism already have a stigma and this just perpetuates, you know. But regardless, the judge refused to allow evidence of the diagnosis to be presented in court. He ruled that there was no proof the disorder was connected to the crime and that it could invite jurors to speculate about diminished capacity, which is not recognized in Minnesota. He did not testify in his own defense. And another inmate said, he asked Michael, why didn't he just plead insanity? And Michael allegedly told him he just didn't want to have to pretend that he was sorry. He allegedly told other inmates he wanted to know what it was like to kill someone. As simple as that. After five hours of the jury deliberating, Michael Anderson was ultimately found guilty of first-degree premeditated murder, second-degree intentional murder, second-degree manslaughter culpable negligence. He received a life sentence without parole on April 1st, 2009. So the attorney arguing in Michael's defense stated the killing of Catherine was accidental? Uh, no. (laughs) I'm like, he didn't even have a child. Why was he being Amy on Craigslist? Stop. Whatever. And he plans an appeal because during the trial, he had not been allowed to present evidence that Michael is autistic. Michael is currently incarcerated at Oak Park Heights Prison. So Michael was actually the first murderer referred to by the media as a Craigslist killer. What year was this again? 2007. So the more, I don't want to say popular, the more well-known one is the serial killer from Craigslist. This was the first to use it as, you know... A spokeswoman for Craigslist at the time said Catherine Slang is the first the company has seen in its 12-year history. Little did she know it wouldn't be the last. After Catherine's death, the Olson family hosted a concert for her at Grace Church in Eden Prairie. About 1,300 people showed up. They've raised over $100,000 for Catherine that goes toward a scholarship fund in her name at St. Olaf College. Anyone interested in donating can do so by giving a gift through the college's website and designating the gift for the Catherine Ann Olson Memorial Scholarship. And I'll link that up with all of my show notes. But just so senseless. I hate all murder, but the ones that are just... She was just looking for a job to nanny. And was it just because that one woman didn't respond back to you on a dating site and you're just pissed off? So I don't understand. Or not a dating site, casual encounters. But I'm like, I don't understand. You had to come up with this scheme. Yeah. Like, oh, I know a way to get somebody. Which, thank, I mean, thank God. These other girls that didn't respond to his (sighs) ads to, Mm -hmm. or whatever, for this casual encounters dodged a bullet. Literally. Sure. Like, no, this is, I don't know for sure, even if he is autistic, he might be, but beyond that, I'm just like, this guy, Mm -mm. yeah, so. Have you seen this, um, the girl that, the little girl that disappeared in New York? Have you watched any of that on the news or read it? You haven't? I'm going to need you to get out of your shell and pay (laughs) attention to what's going on in the world. I'm just trying to find (laughs) cases. So it just happened um, out of New York, a missing 10-year-old girl who was found, thank God. Her family was camping at Moreau State Park. So they, they're camping at the state park. She's riding her bike around, and she just disappeared. Her bike's found on the ground. She was gone like 10 minutes. Amber Alert was issued. 400 people came out to search and rescue people. They searched 46 miles. The FBI and U.S. Marshals were called in, like I said, 10 minutes out of her parents' sight. And she didn't come back when she, you know, she was literally going to like ride around the block and come back. So it was that quick that it happened. But someone dropped a ransom note off in her parents' mailbox at their house. It was fingerprinted and matched Craig Nelson Ross Jr., who was 46. 
He was arrested in 99 for a DWI, so he had a record. So SWAT is sent to his residence, and they, like, break the door down, which is an RV that he's living in behind his mother's trailer. And they take him into custody, and they find this little girl in a cabinet in this RV behind his mother's house. Like, she was stuffed in a cabinet. He kidnapped her and put her in there and, like, hit her. And they found her. 48 hours. What in the world? Mm -hmm. Was it locked? How was he going to just... I'm assuming, I mean, all that's not coming out. She's also a minor. But so I don't know if she was bound and gagged and all that in the cupboard. I mean, she's Max's age. But they... What in the world? Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what she went through, what her parents went through. A ransom note for money. He wanted money. It was a ransom note. Like a fucking TV show demanding money for her return. Mm. So she was found 17 miles away from the park that she was kidnapped from. That's so scary. And this man also owns a property like... 1,400 feet away from where she lived. So it sounds like none of this has, you know, come out obviously yet, but it sounds like he could have possibly been like watching them. Yeah, it's a possibility. How would he know where she lived, her home address? I mean, I guess she could have told him, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. Knew knew that they would be at the park, kidnapped her, locked her in an RV closet, Drove out to her parents' house, dropped the ransom note in the mailbox, and they were able to find his fingerprints off the letter and find her within 48 hours. Thank God. That's impressive. Like the technology. Just based on fingerprints. Because you hear these stories like this that that the kid's kidnapped and it comes on the news and you're like, well, they're never going to see their kid again. Because these 48 hours is a long time. It is a long time. I'm surprised he didn't do anything more. Well, and I mean, oh we God. don't know. Like, she went to the hospital and they're checking yeah, her out I mean, and all that stuff. she's still traumatized, it, obviously. Oh, my God. Ugh. I'm like, just give him to her daddy. Just give him to her daddy. Let her daddy deal Ugh, with him. For real? That's awful. But, uh-huh. Man, no, I hadn't heard that. You know, I bring all the good news. You do. You do. Well, I have some good news. We have a new patron. Oh, good. Yay. Diana W. from Kansas. Her pin's in the map. Look at that. She's that that blue in there. The, the lone blue one away <laughs> from the other group. <laughs> everyone else is like in Kansas City. Well, she said, I've been a longtime listener of the show. I'm originally from New Mexico. Oh, wow. But now I live in Kansas. I'll figure out the cocktail thing and a mocktail for the Prager. <laughs> <laughs> the Prager. I love it. I love you guys. Keep up the good work. Also, Jacob from Alabama. Thanks for being a supportive male listener. <laughs> So funny. Oh, we have so a few funny. now. We do I, have a few. Men. Yeah, we do. Believe it or not. But September's Patreon episode was all about past lives and reincarnation. And we got some emails about it. I'm going to read one. Okay. But I'm going to save the other one for a Wacky Wednesday. Oh, okay. Separate them out. But keep them coming. I like getting yeah. these messages. They're really interesting. They're both kid related. So and kids are weird. So Macy wrote in saying, my daughter is now five, but when she was about three, she started telling me all about how she used to be the mom and I was the kid. Immediately, no. No. <laughs> she told me all about how they cut her belly, like a C-section, and had to take me out of her real quick. She described having an emergency C-section to me so matter-of-fact. She was an only child at the time and we hadn't ever talked about how babies were born and we hadn't watched anything about C-sections either. She was three. Uh-uh. She said, it was so weird to listen to my three-year-old talk about it. My boyfriend at the time, now fiancé, and I looked at each other like WTF is happening right now. Yeah. She used to tell me all sorts of stories when I was the kid and she was the mom. She doesn't talk about it anymore, but thinking about it still gives me goosebumps. That is so weird. I take it that her mother maybe had passed away. I don't Because if she was the mom and you were my daughter... You see what I'm saying? Like this three-year-old was the mom. Yeah. Yeah. And Macy so was the, the kid. So it would have to be her mom. Ooh, maybe. You see what I'm saying? Macy, is your mom still alive? Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. 
I don't know. Ooh, creepy. That is creepy. Yeah, I found a new show on Netflix called Encounters. Have you seen it on there? That's recommended to me. And it's spooky. Okay, I don't necessarily believe in um, big-eyed green men, but aliens terrify me. And the cover of that, I'm like, Have no. you watched any of it? No, because I'm by myself at night. All I witness. I'm terrified. I witness accounts. Is it scary? It's good. I'm afraid of alien stuff. It's good. It's I talk a big game, but no yeah. alien stuff. That's like for me, your demon stuff. I'm like, oh my god, they're yeah. it's the way they look. They freak me out so much. It's good. You should watch it. I want to watch all the alien things. I don't know and if I can. Just eat flaming hot Cheetos and sweatpants. Oh, and I've been eating ice cream while watching American Horror Story. I'm caught up. I watched the last Thoughts. two nights. What are your thoughts? Don't spoil it for people. I won't spoil it. I'm not loving the subject matter, and people already know, like, pregnancy is a big theme in it. And the intro. I skipped the intro it's too long. So, it's long and very graphic. It's, it's and like, I always skip the intro. Like, no, I'm not. That made me a little squeamish. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm hoping it's not just like a knockoff of Rosemary's Baby. Doesn't it feel like it? It feels like nothing much is different. Feels very Rosemary Baby or Omen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little, I'm like, I hope something well, is did, original. You know what I mean? Well, did you see the previews of no. like upcoming shows? Like it'll say like this season or upcoming. Mm-mm. It almost looks like husband and Kim Kardashian's character are like in cahoots. Oh. Like they're working together. I could be wrong, but that, cause it's, there's a lot going on, but. I'm, I will say this. Emma Roberts, I don't know what her yeah. name is on the show. Her character just takes whatever is given to her. I'm like, B12 does not look like that. Like blood? Have you – everyone knows what a B12 vitamin is. You can – it's easy to take. She's like, here, dr- drink this vial. And she just drinks oh. it. It looks like blood. It looks like blood. I'm not drinking anything. I would throw up. I'm like, no, thanks. I'll go to – Walgreens, thank yeah, you. Yeah, and buy some B12 myself. I'm not drinking this weird concoction. Mm-hmm. And the way that she keeps, like, losing track of time. It's freaking Like, when out. she was stirring the thing and yeah. looked at the calendar, and then he came back, and he's like, what are you talking about? That's today. And she looks at the calendar, and all the days are marked off. It's weird. If I had that kind of things happening happening to me, I wouldn't just, like, shrug it off like she is. No. I don't trust anyone in the show. It makes me not trust anybody in life. Kim Kardashian love bombs her, and then is so mean to her. Mm-hmm. No. This and then her friend. husband's a weirdo. Yeah. No. I hate everyone in the show. Everyone's <laughs> gaslighting her. She can't trust anyone. And no then one. they're always hanging out with her husband's ex's best friend. No. No. Yeah, I know. Ew. It's like she's around all these weird people. And she just is kind of like she's just taking it. it makes she me very sad for her. She just takes it in. Yeah. She's just kind of like, okay, let's do this. It makes this. me very sad for her. We know it's a show, y'all. Don't. You don't I know. I know. I know. But it's weird because usually she plays kind of a bitchy. Yeah. Yeah, strong, strong character. Woman. So it's weird seeing her play someone Very that's... Meek. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. like, you run out of this house. Get away from these people. Don't drink that. Ugh. But I, I just hope it's not as simple as like Rosemary's Baby, The Omen. I want something different. I don't think we're going to get that. I think <laughs> it's going to be exactly like that. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But that's what I've watched, so... What else has been going on? What did you do this weekend? Um, Where was I? I don't know. Oh my God, I'm losing memory. I went I just hung out around the house, I guess. Well, I took Max to Magic Screams. Oh yeah. How was and that? And it was fun. Halloween decor, a thousand degrees. It was hot. Like tank tops and shorts. Oh, I was like, I can't believe they're there today. It was so hot here. I could hot. barely function. It was hot. Uh, they have Haunted House, all the roller coasters. I threw up. <laughs> I feel like... Is it the... Dizziness? Is it the drops? I feel like this is my party trick. I feel like I need to update my like hinge profile and be like, can throw up on command oh on a roller coaster. God. It never fails, and I tell people that, and they kind of laugh. Like you'll be, you'll be fine. You're I not, believe you, and I'm not sitting by you. I will throw up. I'm telling you, I'm not scared to ride them. I will ride them. I'm just gonna throw up. Yeah, and then I'm fine. I just need to it out, and then I'm good. So. We get in line for this one roller coaster. So it's our two friends that went mm-hmm. and me and Max. Max wants to ride in the very front. Fuck that, no. Is it a scary 
I mean, it's, I've never been there, so I don't know what like the rides are like. It's not like an upside-downsy one, okay. but it's it's fast and big. Mm-hmm. And so we're in line. Max wants to ride in the front, so he's going to ride with with one of our friends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ride behind them. Right. With, A little further back. With our friend's boyfriend. Yeah. So we're in line. It's taking forever. It's taking forever. Finally, I start seeing people coming that work at the park. And I'm very <laughs> final destination. I don't like that. I'm like, something's wrong. Yeah. And the line's getting longer. And we're there longer. And more people are coming. The buggy, the cart, whatever, is not coming back. And I'm like, we need to get out of line. I'm panic is setting in. I'm like, we need to get out of line. I don't feel good about this. Something's wrong. Max is about to have a conniption fit. Our friend's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm like, no, it's not. So I make them, (laughs) I mean, everybody get out of line. Yeah. So we're standing away from it and it comes back, the cart. Uh Uh-huh. So I see this woman telling everybody in line, do not get on this ride. Get out of line. Like she's, Final destination, oh right? Oh, my gosh. So I'm like, fuck this. We're not riding this. So they get off. And as they're coming out, I go up to that woman. I'm like, what happened? For real? She said the ride broke. <gasps> as they were climbing the tall oh, hill. jeez. And her best friend rode it with her. And she's like, I was looking at my watch. And we were at nine minutes. We were <gasps> stuck. My hands are sweating that's right now. That's the worst now. part for me, just me going too. up slowly. The slowly climb, because that's my biggest fear is like, what if this chain slips off? What if we get that's stuck? Every time I ride a roller coaster, I'm praying. Oh, I'm literally, I'm same. praying. I re- I'm the most religious Girl, I ever am when I'm going up. That and when a plane takes off, I'm, I'm the like, same way. Jesus, I know. It's- I know I'm last. I know you haven't heard from me since Christmas. Since the last theme park. It's me um, again, Ashley. Because I'm at a theme park. Oh. But so, yeah, she's like, I was watching the time. Oh. And when it got to 10 minutes, because we were stopped right by the stairs to climb off mm-hmm. she's like at 10 minutes we were getting off mm-hmm. and then it went and so oh so then God. they had to go through the whole fucking ride <gasps> after t- oh, after no, no, being no. stuck so i'm like oh no 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 so we go around and do all the park things yeah we go have two giant margaritas we're eating chili cheese fries we're doing all the things and then max is like please can we go ride this ride please can we go ride this roller coaster and i'm like like, why this one? I'm like, okay. Because then I'm thinking, I can't send him alone. Because then what kind of mother is that? If it, I didn't want to ride up scared, it would get stuck again. And by this time, it's pitch black. <gasps> and I'm like, I, I can't. It was I'm scary. I'm literally having a maternal conflict in my brain. Like, I can't, can I send him last? Is that maybe a bad mom? Because I'm scared. Man. He's not scared. I wrote it. So the whole, so we get in line, same thing, him and mm-hmm. our friend, and then me and the boyfriend, they want to get up front. They want the very front row. And I'm so like, it's been working. It's working. Okay. It's been running through. Everything's fine. So I am telling them, I want to sit further back. I don't want to be in the second row. I just, I don't, that scares mm-hmm. me. I don't love it. And the people that are operating the rod are like... Well, the further back you go, the scarier it is. You want to be in the very front. And Max is going, yeah, mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our two friends are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel very, very peer pressured. Yeah. So I get on the ride and I am shaking. Oh, man. Like my palms are sweating. Knees weak. (laughs) Yes. Vomit on my sleeve. (laughs) For real. So we're there. We're buckled in. I have my arm through our friend's arm we're <laughs> white knuckling holding on and it takes off and immediately as you're turning you start climbing mm-hmm. and i'm like it's like right away yeah dear god i do the lacy prayer yeah, just like, please, please let don't. please don't let it break down yeah now my baby's in front of me and again it's black dark and <sighs> it's through woods you can't see anything but i'm thinking it's magic screams. They're going to have like Halloween decorations and lights and yeah. stuff. We just, it's part of it being, no, no, never a light. It is black, dark. It cannot see anything in front of you. 
through the whole roller coaster. You don't know how high you're climbing. That's so weird. You don't know when you're going to drop. You don't know when there's a curb. No lights. You can't see shit. At least Space Mountain has lights on the side. Yeah, most do. Yeah. Nothing. Like you had a blindfold on, which only exacerbates the fear because you're just going along and all of a sudden you just drop. It's like fire in the hole, but they have lights. Yeah. No, the whole thing. (laughs) And it's just, I mean, Uh so about halfway through being jerked and sucked and plucked Mm -hmm. and dropped, I'm like, I'm going to throw up. So they're all laughing. No, you're not. I'm like, y'all, I'm telling you, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick. Oh, no. We finally, at the very end, you drop down this hill. Yeah. And you go into a tunnel, which makes it even blacker. And you go down and you shoot straight back up out the other side. And then you go in and you're, Uh you're stopped. I could not get my seatbelt off fast <gasps> enough. I was about to throw up on this ride and on everybody. Oh I'm God. running to the end, literally heaving. <gasps> and then I just toss toss all the, the chili cheese fries oh, and margarita cheese fries. into the bushes, throw up twice, oh. loud, violent vomiting. But then I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, so, that's how pregnancy is. I just throw my guts up yeah. and then I'm fine. So it was... Um, so then it was, Ugh. they wanted to go through the haunted house. And it was I called, can't do that. It's called Wasteland. So what <gasps> no, it is. I'm terrible at that kind of thing. So what it is, is post-zombie apocalypse. Mm-mm. And it's a neighborhood. And you're trying to get through. Oh my God. And there are the undead. And you're trying to. But there's all these warnings on the sign that say, like, if you are you know, sensitive to strobe lights because there's a lot of strobe lights. And so I was like, I just threw up, guys. I can't do this. Do you take my baby with you? I was like, put him in between you two and take him. So I set that one out. I did not go through the haunted Mm -hmm. house. Leave there. Tummy settled. Okay. There's another roller coaster. Everybody wants to ride. We, We go get in line. Two friends stop to get, they want more chili cheese fries. I'm like, I can't. I'll go ride this roller coaster with Max. Not the one we just got off yeah. of, another one. It's a shorter one, so it sends you through it twice because it's shorter. Oh, wow. Well, so we go through, very jerky, high, all the things. I'm good. I'm not going to throw up. I've already emptied my stomach. We go through twice, and we're going into, like, stop and get off. The guy looks at us. And says, since these guys won't stop talking and aggravating me, the teenagers that were in line, I'm going to let you guys ride again. And pushes the fucking (gasps) button and off we go. What? And I'm like, are you fucking crazy? You're sending us through again? Like, what if I wanted, what if my kid would have been scared? And the thing is. We were literally going to ride it real quick, get off, and go meet our friends and ride another ride. So they're waiting on us. They have no idea why we stayed on. And when we went through the second time. You're like, okay, I'm done now. Okay. When we went back through, I yelled at him. I was like, you should have. I said, we didn't want to go again. We didn't want to go again. So they stop. You know, we stop. Our friends are standing there with their arms up like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, my God. And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just getting late in the night, and I wanted to give you guys more bang for your buck. We didn't ask for that, sir. <laughs> I've already thrown up twice. <gasps> oh. So I literally went around this roller coaster four times. Oh. Did you throw up? I didn't. But it was not. Immediately, was immediately mm. they went and got in line to ride another roller coaster. I'm like, I'm done. I can't ride anything else tonight. I'm going to sit right here. Yeah. Like an old mother and not ride anything. Give me all your bags, all the stuffed animals. I will sit here. I can't. Yeah, I love theme parks. And the friend was like, you need to come. I'm like, I can't ride rides. It -hmm. won't be fun for me. You couldn't have ridden Yeah, I'll be miserable and hot. And I was miserable and hot in my pool. (laughs) So Uh, I'm like, I'm not going to a theme park if I can't do anything. We stayed there until it closed. Wow. 11 o'clock. Yeah. It was 1 a.m. when we got home. Mm. I was driving through Little Rock, like slapping my face, trying to stay awake. Holy crap. My baby's asleep in the back seat. That's I late. I yeah. still have throw up mouth. Oh, no. And sweaty palms from riding mm-hmm. the roller coaster four times in a row. I'm like, I'm done. 
I'd be done too. So Sunday, Max was like, what are we doing today? I said, not shit. <laughs> Nothing. We're I, taking a day no, off. No. I stayed in sweatpants on my couch and watched Scary Movie Sunday, made a big pot of taco soup. I'm not leaving the house. Yeah. So. That's rough. It was it was fun. I'm really selling it. The ride broke down. I threw up. Then rode the ride for But that's the norm for you. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a good time. It was a you good still time. like it. I, it when I, there's a big G force and it turns fast, I pass out. What? Yeah, I pass out. That's, it's just, you would have been out. It's just when you go down fast and do a quick turn. You know what I mean? Well, but yes. I'll ride rides like that anyway. Yeah. I just momentarily pass out. We would, we cannot ride rides together. <laughs> I'll be, just you pass would be passed out. I can do the crazy up in the air, but it's like it's, it's just that little quick turn. It's not the whole time. It's crazy. See what gets, I'll keep riding it though. What gets me is the the big drops. Mm-hmm. It takes my stomach, which makes me feel car sick, and I have to throw up. Gotcha. I'd be throwing up right now if I were on a roller coaster. Well, I'm sure we you couldn't ride it because we couldn't buckle it around. I your mean, belly. <laughs> I eat some ice cream and I'm about to throw up just from just sitting there because you gorge yourself. <laughs> I'm just like, so oh, good. I ate too much. So where are we next week? Oh Lord, um, South Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina. Goodbye, bye.